0: Welcome back to Backward Point Podcast. My name is Najjar Sayed. I am your co-host. And with me, as always, is my brother and the producer of this podcast, Bashar Sayed. Rocking and rolling, bro. New haircuts for everybody. Shout out Roof. Shout out Rauf. Uh Sheer brilliant uh, Ajax. <laughs> um, he always comes through uh, for us when we want to look sharp for the pod. And uh, I believe that uh, Bashar has gotten his monthly haircut down to a bi-weekly haircut. Bashar, do you want to confirm or deny that rumor? No comments. No com- <laughs> I prefer not to say. <laughs> Ever since people have started calling Bashar Kohli, uh, he just started taking better care of his grooming. And I, you know what? Positivity from the podcast. We like that. Let's get into the episode, man. We, I've done a lot of research for this episode. I've spent hours looking through interviews, articles. This is going to be an episode dissecting Imad Waseem's career, his decision to retire, and what this potentially could mean for the future of Pakistan cricket and its players. So strap in. This is going to be a detailed one. We're going to be doing a detailed analysis of Imad's career, what went wrong, the timeline of his issues with the PCB, and why did he retire once he was back in the team? I love how when the last thing I said was positivity and you immediately swung it to Imad Vasim, The polar opposite of that word before we get to that we still want to stick to some little positivity uh attached to this podcast episode our patreon subscribers are our life and blood thank you very much for subscribing guys if you guys want to be a part of the patreon community the links are in the description below also our discord community always alive always ready to chat love them to bits they are also available downstairs on the description period and you can just check all that stuff out if you guys want to be a part of the podcast that's how you do it respects to all the community members Patreon Discord Instagram Twitter wherever you guys follow us and we are going to take some Patreon uh, thoughts and comments and questions as this podcast goes along so again if you guys want to be part of the Discord Patreon is the best way to do it before we shoot any podcast we give uh, their Patreon a little bit of a thought exercise what do you guys think about ABC you know it's like today we're talking about imad we had the imad Vasim questions up in the in the Patreon chat board a few days ago already. So there was it was populated by people what they want to say, what they want to ask. And that will be a regular part of the podcast. It does. I think it makes for great conversations and great questions and, and comments. Uh, sometimes we could be driving with our blind spots there. And so these comments and questions from our Patreon members really help us see the full angle of what's happening. And what's happening in this episode is Imad Hussein retired from international cricket. He Put an end to an eight year long career for the Pakistan cricket team, which started in 2015 and ended sadly in 2023. So, are, are you as sad as you look about this? You, the smile is not wiped off of your I, face. The video being, podcasters will see that the smile has not gone out. I'm genuinely sad. Okay. Because, you know, my differences with Imad and his toxicity and his, and his behavior at one place, but him playing for Pakistan and benefiting the team. That, I think, has more weightage and importance. I would just say it's alleged toxicity. I don't want... And nobody's suing us. Mm, alleged so, is very important. Alleged is very important. So that's what he meant when he said toxicity. And whenever whenever we've spoken about any of the character defaults, it's all alleged. We don't have any proof of it. So just want to get the... You know, don't want to get sued. is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Part one of the podcast is going to be us diving into Imad's stats. Was he a good player? Trying to determine how he did in his eight-year-long international career, and then we'll get into his issues with the PCB. So Imad represented Pakistan on 121 occasions, That includes 55 ODIs and 60 t 20s His ODI debut was against Sri Lanka in July of 2015. In total, his batting stats, because Imad is an all-rounder, so his batting stats in ODIs mentioned that he has 986 runs in 40 innings, average of 43 almost, 17 not-outs, and a striker of 110, so he's an attacking batsman who can really hit the ball hard in the end. Is that an accurate average of what he's actually capable of doing? So you, what you're trying to say is at, at 43 runs a match, he'll give you that that runs in about 35 or 30, 38, or 30 38 balls. balls. Is that an average? Is that an accurate representation of him? Or is it just because his 17 not outs have helped him propel his average? That's, That's a genuine question. Yeah, I mean, 40 innings is a pretty decent sample size. I would say Imad was probably a more impactful batter than he was a bowler. He was more of a stock bowler, and we'll get into his bowling stats, but he has 550s uh, in 40 innings, which is, which is not bad for an all rounder Especially coming in at 7-8. Ex- and Imad was actually, he was pretty clutch as well with bad bat. He finished a few matches for Pakistan, uh in his career, and we'll get into that. Shout up. out to the Afghanistan game in the World Cup, absolutely, 100%. Imad Lassim, the hero of this, whatever... Wasim Akram said in the end. Yeah, even, not even Wasim knows what he <laughs> said at that end. Uh, if you go to the bowling stats, uh, 44 wickets in 53 innings at an average of 44, economy of 4.8 with so only one fifer. That's like less than one wicket per match. And so with these ODI stats, it's shocking to me that there was a whole campaign in favor of him going into the World Cup, like it would have really made a difference. I just think it's all about, in Pakistan cricket discourse at least, I genuinely have seen this to be the case. That it's all about, what about isms, What about him? What about that person? What about that coach? Like, it's never the onus on the people, on, on the 11 on the ground. And I feel like Imad Wasim's whole story arc in the World Cup, you know, him not being there, the absence of him was just uh, another template of what goes on. I think Shadab Khan and one of his press conferences instead of best, he said that, You know, whoever is not playing looks the best. And whoever is playing looks the worst in in the Pakistan cricket circuit. And that's, I think, exactly the case with Amal team. especially with all the debate around him being in the ODI squad. But, you know, the numbers are in front of you. Maybe he's a better batter than Namaz, but his bowling stats are, they're less than average. And it was the bowling that we needed in that World Cup. Not the bats and batting. The batting could hold on his own for for the majority of the World Cup, you know, we had, we scored the highest score ever chased in a World Cup. So the batting was never at fault. It was always the bowling, and the bowling is what cost you the World Cup this time. And I don't think Imad's inclusion in this World Cup squad would have really changed much, my yep. opinion. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, but it also has Imad's played 66 to 20s, and his debut was against Zimbabwe in May of 2015. I believe this was the tour where Zimbabwe came to Pakistan. So he debuted in Lahore. He was and you, know, of, and you know what they call him after that, you know? Zimad? Oh. <laughs> no, is this, this <laughs> me? Good one. Good one. Just go on. me? Okay. It's a good this, try. Just for the Zimbabweers, all there. I appreciate the try. So, batting sats in T20s for Imad 486 runs, average of 15, strike rate of 131, 150, which I believe he scored in the last series against Afghanistan. bowling wise, he has 65 wickets in 65 innings. So, one wicket per innings, economy of 6.2. So, he's a very a uh, disciplined bowler, somebody who can come in and draw the runs. Uh, if he balls a four over spell in T20s, according to his stats, he'll give you one wicket and he'll go for like 24 runs, which is pretty decent. Not bad. No, I, that's the T20 stats are more reflective of his uh, inclusion, a squad as being an asset. I think that if he can score at 131, give me a quick, you know, 10 ball 20 or something like that. 18, you know, really quick runs. And then he'll come in and give me a, a, a wicket with every 24 runs that he'll give me. I think that, that's a good contribution to a T20 side. I think his batting stats don't really reflect how good of a batsman he was up uh, in T20 eyes. I think he's a better batter than that. And I think his ODI stats are definitely a lot better. Uh, and probably a true reflection of how good he was as a batter. And how he has continued to improve as a batter. Uh, because this last PSL, he was amongst the top five run scorers. Uh, I believe he scored around 400 plus runs at a strike rate of 170 odd. So his batting improved over time, but he just wasn't able to translate those improvements that evolution and has, as a batsman in the international stage. Did he play any any uh, test matches at all? No. none at all? I think he, he expressed the desire of playing test matches, but didn't get the opportunity. And are we going to talk about a celebration at all or is that a whole different podcast? <laughs> the Ronaldo one? Yeah. I wanted to talk about the bandana. Let's talk about it. So 2017 Champions Trophy, the group match against India, the match, the pre-match press conference, Safra Ahmed says, we're going to try something out of the box. Lo and behold, Imad Lassim comes in to open the bowling attack. And that's not the shocking part. The shocking part is his bandana. What what the, what the hell was that? It's like his hair was being pulled back um, and he was wearing sunglasses. And it reminded people of God Joel from DDLJ. Was, was that? Yeah, yeah. Movie? And there was also a moment where he had the middle part haircut that reminded people of Radhe Mohan from Naam. So just horrible stylistic choices from Ahmad Vaseem in his eight-year-long tenure. What, 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 more, what more can we say? This comes off the back of the news that Babur Azam has started his clothing line in BA56. Have you heard about this? No, really. What are you doing, bro? Yo, send me the link. BA56, uh, Babur Azam's clothing line is coming out. Uh, I don't know when it's announced. I just, heard, I just saw it on, on, uh, as I was passing on Twitter. And uh, so that comes off the back. The, the horrible statistic decisions he's made on and off the field comes off the back of Babar Azam getting a, a brand, uh, literally a clothing brand launching. And so, you know, another W for Babar and another L for Imad Hussain. You're talking about Imad's batting. And Imad's first-class record is quite stellar, actually. His batting average is over 40. He has 600s and a highest score of 207. So he was more than capable of a batsman. And I think maybe the Pakistan team did not really utilize him. Like we could have maybe promoted him up the order, used him in the middle order as a left-right combination, or just used him more strategically. But I think the time where stats and matchups came in the Pakistan team, Imad left the Pakistan team, or he was thrown out apparently. And we'll get into that whole thing. Is this stint on the... um... Was it the ARY show with Tavish Hash? Does that count as a, as, as a... Did we have a stat for that? Or just... Uh, just no. vibes for that? No, no. But they did have His partnership some... with Muhammad Amir and that was like one for the ages. See, and we'll get into the whole thing with Mohammed Amr because your friends ultimately have a great influence uh, on you. They say you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And for the past 45 days of the ODI World Cup, Imad was hanging out with Abdul Razak Muhammad Amir, Tabish Hashmi. Tabish Hashmi, I rate him highly. As a stand up, as, as someone who has sort of brought back the comedic scene, who's, who's genuinely a funny person in the Pakistani media scene, because you hardly see that. Um, I, I rate him quite highly. I rated him highly until we met him. Um, we, yeah, we have a mutual friend with Tabish, and uh, he wanted to give, he wanted to request something from Tabish. He was coming from Canada to Karachi. So we met Tabish. To give him that thing. But you were there for this as well? Yes. We were in the car together. And then he's like, <laughs> bhai, aap to And I was like, bro, <laughs> how could you make the Nazar joke? It's fine. It's fine. He hadn't honed his skills by then. This is also like five years ago, four years ago. So this is a pre-pandemic, I believe, was it not? Or post-pandemic, I believe. In the pandemic. Was it in the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, it's okay. He's gotten better as a comedian. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think he would make that same joke. So how would you rate Imad's career overall in ODIs and T20s? Was he a good player? Was, uh, was he an average player? Was he a good player on, on paper, but above average because of the whole media campaign behind him? What are your thoughts? Uh, personally speaking, I always thought he was an average player. Apart from the Afghanistan innings, I don't really remember uh, him really stepping up. There's also a game in 2015. This yeah. is the game where Anwar Ali went crazy. It was actually Imad Lassim who finished the match in the end. The Sri Lanka game, Sri Lanka game. There yeah, was I remember T20I in Sri Lanka, and Unverly hit like forty six or forty seven off like 15, 16 balls. Crazy, crazy innings. And Imad was the one that finished the game off in the end. So he did show glimpses of being a finisher, someone who is good with the bat and and a good fielder. Actually, credits to Imad Lassim. He has given AB de Villiers his only golden duck in ODIs. Okay, so... 2017 times Trophy. Vibes, vibes. Was it a bolt? It was a caught at point by Hafiz. Damn, okay. And oh, before that, he got respect. Hashim Ahmad love you. Respect, respect. Look, my conversation about Imad Wasim because we're not talking about this, the slander and the just the overall vibe that he has generated in the past 18 months. We're not talking about that. Just him as a player, pure numbers, that uh, ability to play cricket, right? I've always thought he was... Average, you know, a little bit, a little bit of average, but nothing super spectacular. I never understood the fan bases that, the fan camps that he have, little pockets in the internet that were genuinely like diehard Imad Vasim fans. I, you know, I was just, I was never impressed by him. Let's just say that that the Afghanistan innings, like I was saying before, was probably the only glimpse of his brilliance that I genuinely saw. Where I was like, oh, okay, and it was very short lived because three years after that he retired. Right, so. I think that there was a lot more in the Mad Wasim catalog that we never got to see, at least in an international level. What happens in the league's level, I don't really rate as highly as what happens in international levels because, you know, let's take Virat Kohli as an example. He's never won an IPL, but he's still one of the greatest players of all time, player of the tournament multiple times in ICC events. So that doesn't really truly specify how good of a player you are if you're just a really good league player. That's another criticism we have of our friend Azam Khan. We want him as well to progress and actually make his impact on international cricket. That's the highest standard of cricket. That's the cricket that is going to be judged for the rest of his legacy or rest of his life. So with Imad, it just came down to, I was never truly impressed. Like I said, he was good for the job when he was a stock bowler. He was good for the job when he was a six or seven player. He was never the hardest of hitters. He never had the records of most sixes or... He was never known as a player who could clear the boundary line in, in with with confidence. Someone like an Asif Ali, or even you know the magnanimous nature of the way that Fakhar Zaman bats, you just knew that these people had this power to do that job when it was needed. His position at seven, eight, six always was a little bit fishy for me because I was like, can he really come out and score big runs? I I would love to know if you could pull it up on quick info how many sixes he's hit in his T20s. I don't. I would be surprised if it's more than. 25 30 I, he was more of a four hitter he needed to find the gaps he wasn't really one of those big finishers that we actually needed in a time and and his bowling again we I remember he was one of the first surprise he was in the plans of you know opening the bowling and all that but that was in a time when we didn't have a Shaheen Afridi when we didn't have Naseem, when we didn't have those quality 140 click plus bowlers who were swinging in it both ways he, he was just one of those people that could get us through the power play. And cricket has changed. Pakistan cricket has changed. And Imad Wasim was sort of, you know, slowly but surely sidelined. And then we can talk about that in the second part. When, when the stuff like that happens, the ego gets hurt and, and people just get bitter. Yeah. Just to answer your question, Imad has 11 sixes in T20Is and okay. he has 19 sixes in ODIs. Again, that's 11 sixes in T20Is in 66 of- matches. 360 and balls he's faced in 360 balls, 11 sixes, and how many in ODI? 19. 19 out of 55 ODI. So not even not even a six in ODI, or not even a six at T20. So his impact, really, how much was it, and was it overblown? Was it we were you we looking at him through rose tinted glasses? There was also a very tough time for to be a box 90 cricketer. The 15 to 23 years, you know, 2015 to 23, just very average, you know, times to be a box nine cricket player. Not a lot to work with. And I think uh, he was good for the time, like Imam al was good for his time. And now we have to move on because we've sort of, now we've gotten through that phase and we're looking forward to newer and better things in modern cricket, as we call it. And so, yeah, my answer, one word, average. I always thought Imam was a more of like a reliable player. Like, you'd, you know, if he balled uh, four overs into 20s, he would give you, you know, 25, 30 runs. He might take a wicket. He was initially a good fielder, very fit when he came on the scene. Um, and in the end, if you needed a good smack, like a, you know, 10 ball, 20, eight ball, 15, he was the band who was able to do that. Um, and just, he had a lot of confidence. I think he was a good part of the team. Um, and I think I'm going to go towards part two of the podcast where we talk about his issues with the PCB, how it started. Basically, Imad was a regular part of the team during Mickey Arthur's tenure as coach and Safraz's, um tenure as captain. So this is the 2016, 2019 era. We mentioned how Imad has played 60, 60, 20Is. 36 of those, so 55% of his T20I career was played under Mickey Arthur and Safraz. He played 55 ODIs. 48 of those were in the uh, coaching and captaincy of Mickey and Safraz. So essentially, 87% of his ODI career was played under Mickey and Safraz. So you can clearly see once they left, or once they were ousted in 2019, once Mizbah came as coach, Bakar Yunus came as bowling coach, Babar Azam came as captain, and Muhammad Wasim came as chief selector, the whole dynamic of PCB changed and Imad eventually lost his place because he was only able to play two ODIs and 17 T20Is in that 2019-2023 to 2023 era in the Pakistan team. And eventually it was Muhammad Nawaz who came in and replaced him. And it was said that Nawaz had better fitness than Ahmad. Nawaz was a better boundary fielder. He was more dynamic in the sense where he could ball anywhere in the power play, the middle overs, the death overs. God knows why he was balling death overs, but he was there. And he could also bat anywhere uh, in, in the batting order. And Babar Azam, the captain at the time, famously said, Nawaz, to made a match with yeah, I'm just pulling up uh, Nawaz's profile to just just to match some stats, just to see what actually was the argument for Nawaz coming in the team against Azam, oh sorry, against Imad. And you know, it's a genuine question. People people have thought about it. People, Was it genuinely a case of favoritism? Was it genuinely a case of just going out and choosing the best player for Pakistan? So just career average for Mahavad Nawaz is off the bat. ODIs, 37 ODIs, 406 runs, highest 53, average of 18. 150 and 11 sixes for him. Strike so rate. strike rate 88.6. Nothing spectacular. His ODIs were abysmal. So we can say that Imad was a better ODI batsman than Nawaz. 100. Okay. percent uh, in the in the in the ratio that we have, because they've played around about the same. Imad's played a little bit more than and Muhammad Nawaz has, but you know definitely Imad takes the cake on that. And then if on T20s batting we come in, Imad uh, Nawaz has played 57 matches, 35 innings, 427. 45 not out that match against India, 17 average, 130 strike rate, and then 19 sixes. So T20 eyes, you could say that it, he was maybe a little bit better, but not very comparable. Very comparable in, in the batting stats for T20 eyes. And if you go for bowling, we can we can maybe see a similar trend. You know, for bowling in T20s, Mohamed Nawaz has 171 overs, so 54 innings of bowlings, 47 wickets. 26 average, seven economy. So a little bit better for him in the bowling department in T20Is and then in ODIs. Uh, let me just pull this up right here. So yeah, 37 matches, 37 innings, 42 wickets again, 35 average and five economy. So I guess Imad takes the cake on the ODI bowling. So they were, I guess, one for one. So if you want him, if you want someone to be better, one of them are, is better in one department in the ODIs, the other is better in the T20s. It's not a fair one-to-one comparison, but it depends on what the captain wants in the situation like that. And Safraz obviously backed Imad as much as he could. Mohammad Nawaz was backed by Babar Babarazam Babar had a different way to run the team. Safraz had a different way to run the team. And, uh, you know, you could do what ifs all the time. Like if Imad was bowling that last over against India in the 2022 World Cup, does he, you know, stop the 16 runs that were left? We will never know. There's also some things that are not tangible, which were given, you know, reasons why Imad was uh, taken out of the team. And it was called that Imad was a negative influence in the team. He wasn't a good fit, you know. Now, who said that? um, Imad said it himself in an interview. He said that they are saying that I am not a positive influence in the team, which means he was a negative influence in the team. And he said that you should look at a player's skill, his talent, and what they bring to the Pakistan team rather than, you know, picking teams on liking and disliking. And you also mentioned in Thabish Hashmi Show that there is a huge liking-disliking culture in the Pakistan cricket circuit. And Imad feels like he was a victim of that. Now, you'll hear this. And what is your immediate reaction? You yourself, not as an Imad fan or as a Babur fan or or, or fan of the tenure of Babur Azam as captain. What is your opinion on what he lays out i'm sort of torn apart uh because we've seen an era where wasim and Mukar, two great players absolutely hated each other's guts when they were playing but they played together they competed together and that's because they were the best players for Pakistan at the time right so their differences off the field aside when they were on the field they were fighting for pakistan At the same time, the Pakistan team also has a history of grouping, uh, negative influences, uh, leaking stuff to the media. And so with that in mind, I think it was an okay decision uh, for Imad to be out of the team for for a while. Nawaz was given a lot of confidence. He was given a lot of opportunities, but I, I don't think he was able to perform to the level that was expected. I actually am sort of in the crowd where I think Imad and Nawaz should have played together. There, would have, there should have been a playing 11 where you play Imad because his batting stats are so good. You could have played Imad as a batting all-rounder and Nawaz as a bowling all-rounder, especially considering this World Cup was supposed to be in India. And so having Imad in the team may have, could have been a good a good combination for the Pakistan team. And then you would have taken out maybe Nusama Amir. Maybe Osama Mir, maybe Ismail Aliaga, uh something like that. Okay, uh, fair enough. Uh, I, th- I think, I actually agree with you here. I think that maybe he was a part of that, maybe his victimization or self-victimization. I don't think it stands to be just, you know, his own opinion of what was going on. Maybe there is some merit to it. They, we've seen this, like you said, before many times, that when there's the regime change, when the old guard guard is replaced by the new guard, people get axed and people are collateral and maybe Imad was, maybe Imad was that. And you know there's no way of genuinely proving that his opinion is his opinion. But I am also of the, of the thought process that a team is only as good as its chemistry. Right. I played FIFA a lot, FIFA 10, FIFA 20, whatever, you know, all the way to the most recent FIFA. There is, when you're playing a my team, when you're building your team in FIFA and, and you're, you know, you're playing online and, Against other clubs, team chemistry is very important. So, you pick, you pick, uh, when you're building your team in FIFA, you pick teams, you pick players that are from certain leagues or certain countries or certain clubs that will gel well with other players. So, there's team chemistry. And, you know, football is all about if I know that the player is going to be in my wide wing right there, I can pass him there without even having a second thought. Same thing with cricket. So, cricket, running between the wickets, team chemistry, setting the field. Bowling uh, bowling changes, all of that is team chemistry. How good is your relationship with your captain? How much does he trust you? How much does he bank on you to go out and perform to your best of your abilities? Now, Babur trusted blindly towards Muhammad Nawaz. Whether he delivered or not is a separate debate. I appreciate that trust. We rarely see that from a captain towards his bowler. Last time I actually saw a trust like that was Mizbah with Saeed Ajmoot. Like he was giving Saeed Ajmil the ball whenever he was struggling in, in in the field. So it was a good thing. And then if your captain does not trust you and yet he's actually insecure or scared of you in the dressing room, you're you talking behind his back, you're trying to like group other people against him. You know, just little whispers here and there are enough to stir the morale of the team. This team, I might remind you, is a team that had the hashtag Soshin Abhimanai, right? Soshin Abhimanai meaning for our English speaking audiences, that it's how dare you even think about that? Meaning that there was talks of Babur being replaced after the 21 World Cup in T20 World Cup, 22 T20 World Cup, the Asia Cup lost. Multiple times they wanted a regime change Babur. And you had the likes of Shaheen, Salman Aliaga, Hadith Rauf. Just your star players Imam al Haq coming Shut out, Shadab, coming out and being like, bro, we don't even want to like in Babur we trust. We don't even want to go out and think about somebody else. In an environment that was so solid and gelled together, if somebody who's a quote-unquote outsider is coming in, stirring stuff up, I mean, it's what you, you know, you reap what you sow, buddy. It's the same thing uh, in the corporate culture as well. You know, there could be two people intervening for a job. Uh, One could be more qualified, but the other person could be just a better fit in corporate terms. Yeah. A better team player, they think, and they might hire that person who is a better fit just because, They want to build that team chemistry. They want to know that this person is going to be behind my back if stuff goes down. Um, Another reason why Imad was was ousted, as mentioned by the selector, Mohammed Waseem, was that his fitness was questionable, that Nawaz had a better fitness. But at the same time, Imad said, you know, the fitness criteria is not clarified. Like, do we need to do a yo-yo test? Do we need to get a specific number in the yo-yo test? And then... If you're mentioning that fitness is such a key criteria, why was sharjeel Khan and Azim Khan part of the Pakistan team at one point within Mohammed Wasim's tenure? So that's sort of like double standards in a way. So fitness w- was a major issue. Yeah, but sharjeel and Azzam were like generational talents. Iman we have already you know, suggested that he was just an average cricket player, nothing very really spectacular about him. Azam Khan can hit the ball like it's no tomorrow. The question sure is... same thing with Sharjeel, by the way. The question is, and this is what the PCP needs to basically outline, like, uh, is cricket a skill-based game or is it fitness or is it both? Because the players, like Imad, they're confused because you're saying Imad is dropped because of his fitness, but uh, at the same time, you're picking Sharjeel and Azam Khan. So that's... Mixed messaging. You can see it's mixed messaging. I, I see that. Again, I'm not calling out Imad on this. I think Imad has a very fair argument here. I just think that uh, the counter-argument is also fair. You know, his negative influence on the team and all that does make a captain question his position. And yeah, fitness standards, sure, Azam Khan being, and Rashad Khan being an example of where we actually stand at fitness is true. I honestly don't even know what the fitness standards of the Pakistani cricket team are. Are there fitness standards? I remember... In the pavilion during the World Cup, you know, everybody's pulling Misbah's leg about the fitness thing, but Misbah actually had a point. He was like, "I wanted these players to be fit, fit for every level of cricket." Now that meant whatever that meant to Misbah is not really standard in Pakistan cricket, right? It's just this one guy came and he had a he had a process, he had a thought for making sure the team was available for fifty overs or hundred overs, overs or twenty overs or twenty good overs on the field, and. That's something that the PCB needs to figure out. But PCB right now is in such shambles. Like at the, at the point of recording this podcast, Salman Bhatt has become the advisor to the committee of uh, selection and then has been removed. And then maybe by the time we finish this podcast, he'll be back. So we don't even know what's going on within the structure of the PCB, let alone what they're going to do with the players. It's a, it's a high demand. It's a high task. I think even Mickey Arthur, when he was the coach, he did have fitness centers in place. I remember players would do Yo yo test, and I think the minimum standard was around like 16 or 17. At the time, Sean Masood and Mohammed Rizwan were the most fit guys in our team. And I have done a similar test in high school. I, I did a, ble- a beep test. Yeah. And my highest score was nine. And I think Virat Goli can do like 22 or 23. So that you, just shows how fit he is and how unfit I am. That just shows you may have the beard, but you don't have the legs. Damn. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Bro, 22 is crazy. Violated. I remember mine wasn't even like seven and a half. I was really bad. I mean, I'm still pretty bad. The highest uh, was one of the, it was a basketball player in my, my class who got 12. which was really high. I think the highest ever was like 15 or 16. In the, in the high school, right? In high school. Yeah, like I think the, the most fit I ever was was when I was playing for St. Michael's Convent School in Karachi when I, when I was the, in, the, in the team, when we were all in the team. And our coach, who was actually a first class cricket coach, um, shout out um, He coached Danmira Ahmed Mohammed Yusuf, Umar Akmal, Chahid at one point um, Shout out Sarifan uh, In St. Michael's He was the one Who was really rigorous with us Remember we used to like I remember the first day We actually did one of those Beep tests Because he used to run Make us run the length of the pitch And then walk back And then run the length of the pitch Shuttle for, like, sprints Shuttle sprints For like hours Like at least like an hour Like 16 minutes we were doing it And then You were going to throw up after The first time we did it our, One of our uh, teammates Shayan threw up first time it was also like in the winter we were coming from johar to clifton like it's like a long 20, 20 50, 20 uh to fifty minute like commute and it was just like you're coming in just to get we thought we were playing cricket but we got so much conditioning in and that's like the level of just school conditioning that we were doing and honestly after a week we felt great man like i miss those times how effective like we could start stop sprinting like that and that's what you need in cricket uh you need to start stop like that you need to stop start like that you're, you're running you're sprinting between the wickets you're running after the ball you need to be in the best of shapes and fitness wise as you can all cricket is sprinting think yeah. about it there's no jogging at all there is is it like maybe even the bowling that you're bowling the fast bowlers is sprinting in uh maybe spinners are jogging in or like walking in but for the most part yeah you're right it's start stop and you need to make sure you're quick on your feet Another reason why uh, Imad was dropped, and I think this was one of the reasons that I was sort of convinced as to why Imad wasn't on the team. Mohamed Wasim said that Imad was sort of a limited player compared to Mohamed Nawaz. And the team management wanted pacers bowling in the power play. And Imad is most effective in the power play. So they wanted to go with uh, Shaheen Shah and Naseem Shah, Asnain and Naseem Shah when Shaheen was injured. So... Just in that sense, Imad didn't fit the team combination. And that makes sense. I, I'm totally in agreement with that. That's why I think Mohammad Nawaz was part of the team. Um, but eventually, Imad made his way back in the team. He had a stellar PSL 8, scored 404 runs at a strike rate of 170. I think he scored three or 450s. Also took nine wickets. Despite Karachi Kings finishing fifth in the table, Imad was in the top performers and he sort of burst through the door of the Blacks and Cricket team and made it back in the Afghanistan series, which he performed well in. I think saying that Karachi Kings finished fifth is very—it's giving them uh, an out. They've bottomed the table. Yeah, I think they were just fifth on run rate. So I wanted to be factually correct. Sure, but they still were horrible. They were. And then so Imad performed well against Afghanistan and he was also part of the New Zealand series. And because of that, Imad Basim was given the central contract. He was in Category C. Um, just in that same time period, he did an interview with uh, Yaya Hosseini, where he said that if he was dropped in the Pakistan team again, without a reason, he will take legal action against the PCB. Now, why are these cricketers, I mean, this is not, I guess, their fault, but I genuinely think, why are cricketers going to show up Jart and Yaya and giving interviews? This is the same guy who asked this is the same guy who asked the Fraz like, if you were to do a modeling gig, who would he have on his bike? What did he say? The options. The Katrina, Kapoor. Katrina. Katrina, Kapoor. Katrina. Katrina Kapoor. Katrina Kapoor. Katrina. Kapoor. Katrina Kapoor. Why? Why are we giving this guy any sort of uh, journalistic clout when he can't even get three names right on a trot? And then Imad goes to these toxic players. Same thing that Mohammed. Uh, same thing that Muhammad Ahmed does. He goes to trip, gives interviews. Same thing with Zagash, like we are, we are sort of standardizing trash in our, in our media. Like it's, this is one of the reasons that we even started this podcast. We wanted to hear thoughts from people that were away from the industry and actually were had opinions that meant that reflected the opinions of the masses. Now, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I feel like a lot of people that tune in, tune in because they agree or disagree with their opinions, but mostly agree with it. And people like Yahya Hussaini, Shreya who have massive agendas. The only agenda we have is the Karachi agenda, honestly. you. Ayub. Ayub agenda. But, you know, people who have like genuine agendas like against players and against certain regimes in the PCB. How are they ever going to be impartial? Why do they give interviews to those p- players? I don't know. And then when you, go, when you go and give interviews to those journalists, you say stuff like this, where I'm going to take legal action. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to announce my retirement. You are just setting yourself up for failure at that point. Absolutely. And then so... Despite Imad being given the Category C contract for BCB, um, and he was part of the last two series, it clearly shows that Imad was in the box and cricket team's plans for the next T20 World Cup seven months away, right? What was disclosed recently was that Hafiz said that Imad actually did not sign the central contract. So technically, despite being offered the contract, he didn't sign it. So he wasn't under a PCB contract. Now, let's get into... The reasons behind his retirement. Like I said, it's shocking for me because, like, you know, at one point you're saying that playing for Pakistan is an addiction. There's nothing more than that. You know, leagues can screw themselves. I want to play for Pakistan. And then, seven months before the World Cup, you announce your retirement. One of the big reasons behind this, I've said, is his NOC for the T10 league, NOC being the no objection certificate, which each player in Pakistan cricket needs to go out and play international leagues. Imad had a contract with the T10 League, but the T10 League clashed with the national T20 Cup in Pakistan. The Chief Selector, Wahab Riaz, and the new director, Bafiz mentioned that they wanted their players to be playing domestic tournaments and not prioritizing other leagues. Imad did not show up for the national T20. Instead, he resigned or announced his retirement and went to play the T10 league because he was no longer under the contract or jurisdiction of the PCB. So, Imaad played a long game here. He did. And then, uh, just uh, FYI, he also signed a contract shortly after with the Big Bash League, Melbourne Stars, who have now saw, signed their third Pakistani player alongside Harris Roof and Osama Amir. So, they definitely have a Pakistan agenda going on in Melbourne Stars. Yeah, definitely. And um, just coming back to Imaad, like it- Generally, it seems like he played the long game. He had no opinions, or should I say no, he didn't want to play for Pakistan. It was just very obvious. And you know, whoever comes out and says, oh, playing for Pakistan is an addiction, playing for Pakistan is my passion. Honestly, they're nice when it sounds, the words sound nice, but when it comes push to shove, you got to show up. And he didn't show up. He definitely had other plans and he played the long game for it. And now he's, now he's retired, and I just want to know what the T10 contract looked like. Like, what did he resign or, or retire over? How much money? Probably 10x. So, what he was, dude, you can't compare what a T10 league is gonna pay for him to ball two hours a day. Uh, maybe bad, maybe bad. Uh, field for 10 overs compared to what he would be getting in the hot, sunny weather of Karachi playing the national T20 cup against Larkana. You know, I mean, no offense to Larkana, but just with this whole new PCB setup, there's so many more teams, there's so many more players, the quality of cricket has gone down. And Imad, the way he thinks is that, you know, I am an international player. How old is Imad? He's 34. Have, like uh, he, he thinks, why do I need to go back and play domestic cricket where I'm an international level player, right? And also, like, the age is also very important. You have to realize 34 means he has maybe couple of years of in international cricket left which means that he needs to make his money now because you know as we know most of these sports players have a very short window of how much money they can make so where's legacy where's there is no legacy the he's 19. a championship trophy winner who cares you can never take that away from him is that everything though i mean i agree with, i know what you're saying i know where you're going with this but it doesn't matter at the end of the day because legacy isn't going to feed mouths bro Listen, I'm all about conspiracy theories, and I think one of the other reasons why Imad uh, retired was because of the change in leadership in the Pakistan team and the change in the management in the Pakistan cricket board. Imad mentioned in the post that he shared on Twitter where he retired, he says, after saying his retirement, he says, it's an exciting time for the Pakistan cricket. Going forward with new coaches and leadership incoming, I wish all involved every success and I look forward to watching the team excel. So there's an angle here which I think is being missed that did Imad not want to play under Shaheen Afridi's captaincy under Mohamed is coaching? I want to take you back to that moment in that the game show that we were just talking about with that Hashmi and Muhammad Amir when Muhammad Amir was asked who should be the next captain of Pakistan's G20 team what did he say? He said Imad Hussein. expectations were set this is what he thought was going to happen. Mm. And when the expectations are denied, a clear message is sent to him that you will be, you know, in his head, sort of relegated to just a standard player in this boxing cricket team. I think that was a breaking point. Generally. There's a question from uh, this person called True versus Wrong on our Patreon. He says, do you see Imad's retirement as selfish since Professor Hafiz did tell him he is in the Pakistan's plans and he should sign the contract but you refuse to do so after two days' delay. I think definitely selfish. If you're part of the Pakistan team's plans, if you are uh, if you play the last two series and you're part of the next World Cup plans, you should definitely make yourself available. and you know, rather than playing these T10 leagues, these big back leagues, yes, you may make quick bucks, but ultimately, your legacy will be tarnished. People will remember you as someone who retired for league cricket. Rather than prioritizing Pakistan cricket, I mean, you see it right now. Wahab Riaz tried to spin this whole Harris Rove situation against Harris Rove, and actually, people came out on the on the boards, on the Twitter boards, on in just in nat- national conversation to be like, "I think Harris did the right thing here because he does not want to play t- Test cricket." Also, didn't Wahab and Amir do the same thing? So you can never outlive that. Even if you get a sports ministry gig or you know a, a big big shot hot shot job in the PCB, you cannot outlive your legacy. And I think Imad is going to be similar to, to Wahab and Riaz and, Wahab Riaz and um, Amir. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, so to answer your question, there was a comment here by a Masood 34. He says, Daniel Rasul brought up the fact that in his recent podcast, and his podcast that players make several times more money playing in leagues than they do playing internationally, minus the hassle traveling and guidelines. And I'm going to add, Minus all the criticism that you get playing in Pakistan. So I- Imad re- uh, retiring, announcing his retirement means that he just has more opportunities to play the CPLs, the big bashes, the BPLs, and the PSLs all around the world. He is a very sought-after player in these leagues. So who knows? Maybe we'll see him in Canada. Probably. GT20. You know, Imad was seen podcast loading 2024. You know it on this podcast. It'll be a good time for him. Genuinely, I think he'll be more relaxed. He'll play some better cricket and then uh, make the money, and then we'll see him in a channel in a couple of years again. The last part of this podcast, which I want to touch base on, I think is the most important part of this podcast, is with players like Mohammed Amur retiring and Imam Basim retiring. Is Pakistan going to turn into the next West Indies where we say international players retiring to play these international leagues? You know, players like Sunil Lorraine, Andre Russell. Kyron Pollard, they have sort of sidelined themselves from West Indies cricket so they can play all these leagues in the world. I don't think so because I think there's still a prestige, there's still a pride for playing for Pakistan. And prestige counts highly in our, in our, where we come from. Does it? I mean, I just want to add something here that there's been a number of Pakistani players who have left Pakistan domestic cricket and Pakistan cricket to go to the USA to get a green card to play uh, major league cricket to play minor league cricket players like Saimi Aslam who was a test, test player Asan Adil Ahmad Azam they've all left Pakistan for a better more secure future in the USA you also have to realize maybe they were never as good enough to play for Pakistan consistently you Asan know, Adil came into the team when you didn't have a replacement you did not have a bowler inside that could bowl 135 clicks you have to remember that you had your main bowlers were injured or, or banned at the time. You didn't have anyone to go to. So you went to Ehsan Adil. Adil was your backups, backups, backup. Same thing with Hamad Azam. Pakistan really tried Hamad to turn Hamad Azam into something. Didn't really happen. So these players who don't have a shot and doing much more than playing domestic cricket in Pakistan would lo- likely leave. But for the majority of the players who are playing, prestige and legacy does count. It'll be... I mean, if even a player like Azam Khan, who really doesn't have much to play for, he can make the money wherever he wants, still would would come up and say, "Yeah, I want to play for Pakistan because his father played for Pakistan, and there's prestige to it. If he can come out and make and help Pakistan win a World Cup, he's going to be recorded in the annals of time forever." You know, you can see that Moin Khan to this day is bearing the fruits of that '92 win because he's coming on shows like The Pavilion and he's able to make his academy and all that. Sami Aslam will never open an academy in Pakistan, nor will he be called in to any TV channel to get his expertise opinion. He will remain just a nameless player in the international league circuit, and that's about it. I mean, that's good for him. For him, it's an opportunity to make money. Maybe he can get a coaching gig. After he retires properly from cricket, You know, he can teach cricket. Uh, in all forms, and and continue that legacy further for him as an individual. But you cannot deny there is a a prestige, a level of pride, and a level of notoriety that comes from playing for Pakistan cricket that everybody wants to strive to. It's the same thing as uh, when Wasim Akram was asked why he just he was asking he, the reason of why people want to take these PCB jobs because they don't pay well. But they come with prestige, they come with pride, they come with power, they come with clout. And same thing for being a Pakistan player. If you're playing for Pakistan, you have all those things and more. So why not? It's sort of like you're only relevant if you're playing for Pakistan. If you're not, then you're just forgotten. Also, the thing with with West Indies is, as we've talked before, the political landscape of West Indies is very much different from Pakistan. Meaning that West Indies isn't really a thing. It's not a country. It's an amalgamation of a country. So it'll be like if England didn't have a team, but the UK had a team, right? If the UK had a team, then yeah, you would have to pick players from Wales and England and Scotland and Northern Ireland. And then you'd, you'd have a, a bunch of like the Great Britain team, per se. But now if you break that up, now Northern Ireland has its own team. Scotland has its own team. Wales have their own team. England has their own team. Now people have actually have something to fight for. Same thing with the islands in West Indies. There's just so many of them. If they broke out and just had their islands representatives, maybe they wouldn't even be a good team. Maybe none of these islands would be able to generate an 11 strong enough to compete in any of the t World Cups. So there's a lot of, you know, nomenclature, very BS that goes around with the West Indies name. Some people don't really take that seriously. It doesn't mean anything for them. Some people are more loyal to their um, respective countries and islands. You see that in the... CPL, like, people, they give more effort to win that than they would a T20 World Cup, I believe. And That's just true. Because I, I was representing- watching uh, the CPL final, and it was Guyana uh, versus Trinidad. and it was, it was happening in Guyana. And there was just so much crowd support for Guyana. Even the players were so dedicated to ensure Guyana wins. And I, I even heard Azum, who was playing for Guyana, how much it meant for the Guyanese people for them to win the CPL. There's a lot of comments here on Patreon about Imad's ego, how Imad is unprofessional. Shadi says he Imad reminds him of his four-year-old. Um, <laughs> and there's also a lot of comments that you know maybe Imad is doing all of this to gain attention for the PCB to want him to take his retirement back. We have seen players like Shai Fridi announce retirements, take them back multiple times. I am in the group where I think Imad Wasim I know, has announced his retirement, but he might take his retirement back before the next T20 World Cup. You know, this retirement allows him to play all the leagues that he's ever wanted to play, make quick bucks. But when it comes to the next T20 World Cup, we don't really have any like-for-like replacement. There's questions here um, asking about, you know, who do we have as a replacement? Yeah, Yusuf or... ask that. Who do we have our closest replacement to Imad Wasim? And my question is, in the wickets that you're going to see in the T20 World Cup in the USA and West Indies, do you need a Ahmad Wasim? I think so. I think you need a, a slow left-arm spinner because the pitches will turn a lot. Uh, you have Shadab. Well, that's one spinner. Unless you groom in Abraar, then you won't really need a left-arm spinner. I think Abraar is definitely in the plans. Right? And Shadab plays as good as he plays in T20 eyes, then yes. Uh, but if you do want to like Groom the next left arm spinner for Pakistan. There's this bowler called Mehran Ramdaz, who I think is a really good left arm spinner. He has an arm ball. He has a variation in speed. He can ball a good left arm off spinner. He was playing for Pakistan under 19s. Um, he was playing for uh, the domestic circuit. I think he also played for uh, the Pakistan Shaheens, uh, where Pakistan won the Asia Cup final against India. He was in that team as well. So there are uh, replacements. You can bring back Nawaz, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think uh, lots to think about for the Pakistan cricket board, the Pakistan cricket team, the management, and maybe Imad himself. Like, what where does he see his future? Does he want to come back? Does he want to continue to play leagues all over the world like Mohammad Amir is doing? I don't think that if if Imad does what he does, the way that you're saying, you know, takes his retirement back right before the World Cup or a couple of months before, I don't think the Pakistan team is really interested in bringing Imad back like that. I mean, he's in the plans right now, no problem, you know. Pakistan team is always better, bigger, and better than the individual themselves. You can see that with any player. The the, the way that they sacked Babar Azam, we thought Babar Azam was going to be it for the, another four years. Nope that's not the that's not it. Pakistan team is better and bigger than all the players involved. So if that's your opinion, then you can take that obi- opinion where the light don't shine, and that's what PCB is going to do with him. I don't think his retirement comes back. I think this is the it for this is it for Imad Wasim in in the greens and the whites for Pakistan. And, you know, if that's better suited for him, then that's okay. I think it's time for Pakistan to move forward. Uh, he's already 34. We couldn't, I think, as much as we've extracted from Imad, we've done. And, uh, you know, it was it was a good time. And now it's time for good riddance. Time for uh, us to end this episode, I think. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good place. We did a good job just t- going through his career, the issues he had, and then why he retired. Uh, let us know your comments uh, in the in the description below. And I think... The last ask from me to you is, what is the emoji of the day? I don't know, man. I was thinking about it. And I think I, we should give um, Imad his proper tribute and the bandana emoji or the sunglasses emoji. One of those. Sunglasses. Films. Sure. You want to do sunglasses? Yeah. yeah. Sunglasses emoji. I don't know if there is a bandana emoji. I'm pretty no. sure there is. And if there is a bandana emoji, guys, bandana emoji is yours. And if not, sunglasses emojis will do as well. Just for the stylistic uh, debacles that he's made over his years. I think it's high time that we give respect to the man, the legend, imad Masim. This is Bashar signing off yeah. and I uh, hope you guys subscribe, like, comment, rate us on the audio platforms. Yeah, Jeff, definitely. Spotify gang, I know you're listening to us. We have like a lot of people listening over like seven, 800 people per episode, but not enough reviews. So if you guys are listening, please leave a review in your Apple Music on your Spotify gang, uh, Spotify's, and check out the Patreon once in a while and we will, we will come back. We'll be back in the next episode uh definitely uh, uh in- interesting and exciting things coming in for the box on cricket in the next couple of weeks especially with a tour almost ready to go box on team was already in, in, in australia it's going to be one hell of a ride Bashar. we're going to be categorizing and documenting through it and wish us luck that we survive it because it's going to be a tough one uh with that being said take care of you guys if you guys are listening in the car drive safe and we'll see you guys in the next episode as we're standing out see ya cheers